I think the only person standing in the way of you and your goals slash dreams is you. That mindset of when I say win in the morning, I mean like if you can own your morning, you can own your day. And if you own your day, you're on your life. Hello guys, we're back. Coffee and a good vibe, season three. We are back, ready to go, full energy. And if you are listening to this, you know we are fresh off of our first ever live event. This event was so special to me because it was with a brand that I truly love. It was with the iconic Soho House and I've been a member there ever since my late teens. And to be able to collab with them on my first ever live event for Coffee and a Good Vibe was just a dream. And I'm beyond excited to say that we are doing many more Coffee and a Good Vibe events, which I am so stoked about. And in other cities too, there's lots to come with iconic panels of these powerhouse entrepreneurs and bringing together people in real life and brands and just different experiences. I am so pumped to be able to do more of these. The first one was a lot. I've learned a lot in the whole experience of it. Never did events before. Live events were never my thing. But you know, when you get an opportunity in life, you take it. You take it and you go for it and you run with it and you learn and you grow coffee and a good vibe mentality for sure right there. But I am so beyond excited guys to kick off season three. We have such a lineup of incredible thought leaders, influencers, entrepreneurs, people who are changing the industries that they're in for the better and no other to kick off season three with Mike Chernow. You guys know my love for New York and Michael Chernow is a New York City breed, born and raised. He is everything. He does it all. He is an entrepreneur. He is a family man. He's a dad, a fitness personality, a TV host, a restaurateur, the founder of Seymour's, co-founder of the Meatball Shop, co-founder of Well Well, and a new founder of his amazing new brand, Creatures of Habit, which we all got to go support. One thing I love about Mike is he is exactly what he preaches on and offline. He has this amazing podcast that I'm obsessed with called Born or Made. And on his podcast, he has this amazing series called The Habit Lab, where he outlines every single week a habit, a principle, a game-changing practice that he has implemented in his life that has changed his life for the better and literally morphed him into the entrepreneur success leader of abundance and everything that is good in the world. I think that this episode is such a prime example of what happens when you truly just learn from your mistakes, create a life of health, happiness, abundance, and his new brand, Creatures of Habit, does exactly that. So I'm gonna leave everything Creatures of Habit below, everything where you guys can connect with Michael Chernow below, because you're gonna want to after you listen to this episode. He is dedicated to inspiring the world through positivity, hospitality, and service. And I know you guys are gonna love this episode. And if you do, please send it to a friend, share the link. My favorite thing to do is to text a friend, copy and paste this link, send a text, say you're thinking about them and this episode will serve them so abundantly wherever they're at in their day. It'll make their day, it'll make mine. And if you guys love the podcast, tell me on Instagram, tag Coffee and a Good Vibe, tag Mike Chernow. We would love to know that you guys listen to this episode. And on that note, I introduce to you this amazing conversation and episode with Michael Chernow. 
Thank you so much, Mike, for being on a podcast today. We're in your beautiful, one of your beautiful homes. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so honored um, to be here. So thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to dive in because, guys, I'm going to plug right away. He's a podcast host as well, (laughs) born or made. We'll have that link below. Um, And whenever you connect with not only like someone who does a lot of podcasts, but is a host, the value is there. Yes. (laughs) Let's dive into it. Could you give a little bit of background maybe the audience about like where you're from just like a little bit of highlight reel on just your story sure um i'm born and raised in new york city i uh, grew up in manhattan always thought entrepreneurially somehow some way you know that's kind of why i have a podcast called born or made because i cannot describe why i always wanted to do uh from such a young age it was just something that was it came naturally to me, you know, when I was done with, um, you know, He-Man toys and my GI Joes, I would go downstairs in front of my apartment building. I'd lay down a blanket and I'd try to sell them for a dollar. I w- I just always thought that way. And uh, that sort of followed me throughout my life. Um, when I was, I was an athlete as a kid, really was a sort of, I was naturally, uh, you know, I naturally gravitated towards sports. When I was 13, I started walking the path of party, partyhood, you know, growing up in New York City is, is you're exposed to a lot of amazing things, but also some not so amazing things. And for the next 10 years from, from 13 to 23, I really walked the line of, of uh, good and evil. Um, I, I always had a job. I, yeah. I went to I finished high school. I started going to college and realized it wasn't for me. But I, I was a full-blown alcoholic and drug addict, you know, all through my teens and into my early 20s. And when I was 23, I had a coming to, you know, coming to life moment where I, I said, this can't go on. I'm going to die. I'm way too good, not in a conceited, cocky, egotistical way, but mm-hmm. in a way that I, I I knew that in my heart of hearts I was a I was too good to um, I was too good a person to 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 allow the, the 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 disease of alcoholism to take me out. And a couple of guys saw that I was struggling. They dragged me into a into an AA meeting, and right after that AA meeting, they took me to a gym, uh, a Muay Thai academy in uh, Chinatown in New York City and I changed my life everything changed everything changed I stopped drinking I stopped doing drugs I these guys taught me how to live they taught me how to they gave me a schedule very you know and, and I and these dudes were about 10 years older than me so they were I looked up to them like brothers like older brothers why do you think you looked up to them especially being like so in your lane of like you know, I had so I had a pretty rough childhood in yeah. terms of at home. I didn't have my father was he just, he did the best he could, but he didn't he wasn't meant to be a father. Uh, he was aggressive and abusive, and my relationship with him was terrible from very early on. So I was always seeking that fatherly figure. Mm-hmm. I was always seeking someone to pat me on the back and give me some sort of approval. Because I just wasn't getting the love from my dad that I was obviously any young boy wants. And so when I was down and out in my lowest of lows, I was looking for help from from that kind of love that I wanted from from a man um, to tell me that everything was going to be okay. 
because I had no problem in the arena, you know, with with women. Like I was always, I always like had had female friends, and I was I always like I always was dating. I just like there was never an issue there with women. I was super duper comfortable with women, but when it came to men, I had such a hard time with trust. But I always wanted that, like I wanted that older brother slash father, and so. These guys um, sort of played that role for me when I when I needed it most, and they wow. both they took me under their wing. They taught me how to eat. They taught me how to train. Wow. <laughs> they gave me a schedule. They told me, you know, you're gonna wake up in the morning. You're gonna go for a run. You're gonna go to an AA meeting. You're gonna have breakfast. You're gonna go to the Muay Thai gym. You're gonna train for three hours. You're gonna go home. You're gonna take a nap. You're gonna eat chicken and broccoli. <laughs> you're gonna eat oatmeal in the morning. You're gonna go to work at night, and that's what I did, and everything changed my whole life. Um, I got uh, immediately fell in love with fitness and nutrition, uh, started to really piece together my life and, you know, reestablish the relationships with my family that I completely burned um, and started really thinking about what, what the future was going to look like for me after a few years of sobriety under my belt. And I put a plan together and I said, I'm going to I'm going to go to culinary school. And, and, and about eight months after I got sober, too, I met the woman of my dreams, who's now my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I get emotional every time I say that. It's crazy. But um, uh, I, yeah, so I met her. I met Donna. She supported me. She, she saw what I was going through, and she was just like, I don't know, like, where she came from. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, but then I, <clears throat> about a year, a year after I met, I met her, I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to build a life. I'm going to build a life for us. I'm going to marry this woman. I'm going to, I'm going to go out there and do what I'm, what I was born to do. And so I went to culinary school. Right after culinary school, I was there for 18 months. I built a business plan. I got one of my childhood best friends um, who moved out to L.A., the best chef I know, the most incredible chef. His name is Dan Holzman. I, I dragged him back to New York and we started working <clears throat> on this idea for the meatball shop. And I was at this restaurant for six years at the time, six and a half years, bartending, bar managing, kind of did everything there. Small little place, amazing restaurant in the East Village called Frank Restaurant. And there was a, it was a it was a major regular spot. So regulars were there every night. The same people ate the same food, the same crew, drank the same wine, the same beer, the same cocktails. And I was the guy that they were coming to see because it was Mikey behind the bar. And I kept them abreast of everything I do. They watched me go from a crazy kid to a sober man to a married man to you know. And, and I and I was keeping them, uh, you know, up to date with my plans. And I said, look, guys, you know, when I'm ready, I'm going to I'm going to put a business plan in front of all of you. And I'm not asking you to put the money in. But if you feel inclined to want to invest, I would I would gladly take it. And that's exactly what I did. I put the business plan in front of 20 guys. 14 of them wrote me a check. Wow. And that was how the meatball shop started. And that was that was the beginning of my of my Just career. There's so many brands on your Rolodex and it just keeps unfolding, especially like with what you're saying on the future and like what you're working on now. And I have to ask because with with your Rolodex, like you've built so many brands and I feel like it's an art. So I would love to know what do you think the secret is behind building a brand? And I feel like you, you tapped into it a little bit when you were talking about why they come to the restaurant. If I really think about it, authenticity is not duplicable, right? Mm-hmm. It's the one thing that you cannot duplicate or copy. Yeah. 
Yeah. New vintage T-shirt is spotted immediately. You can, it, it can never, you can't recreate a vintage t-shirt, yeah. right? Like this t-shirt here, there's a vintage t-shirt. You can't, no, if I sent this somewhere and said, make this exact shirt, they would never be able to do it. They'd be able to come close, but they would never be able to do it. And so authenticity to me is kind of the core of my story and why I am a creative entrepreneur. I believe building a brand is 50-50 split of, Scratching an itch and listening to people. It has to be 50-50 as far as I'm concerned. For me, every single brand that I've created was a ramification of experiences that I have fallen in love with. And so when I fall in love with something, I tend to obsess and get focused really hard on it. And ultimately want to develop it as hard and as fast as I can, right? I don't open up one restaurant, I open up 16. I don't <laughs> run a 5K, I run marathons. I don't yeah. strength train, I compete in bodybuilding competitions. I don't train Muay Thai, I compete in Muay Thai. Mm -hmm. Everything I do that I fall in love with, I take it to as far as I can um, or, you know, pretty damn far. Yeah. So I, I believe that brand... Building brands is, is really ultimately having uh, a curiosity and a desire to hunt and desire to discover. Believing in yourself so, to a point where the fear sphere of entrepreneurialism doesn't outweigh your desire to discover. Yeah. And then you also have a genuine ability to listen to what other people want so that you can build those build those ideas or build the, that those learnings into your business love that someone listening is probably just like damn this guy's like fearless like he just like you're so aggressive with like everything you want to create something and you don't just go small you go huge so i gotta tap into i would love to hear more on like the mindset because i feel like someone listening might be like i want what he has where, where does one even begin? Um, maybe even to start, I'd love to hear actually, what's your why? Because I know that to even go after and like create this big abundant life, we need to have a driver. So what's your why that keeps you like pushing to be the best version of yourself every single day? I'm a server at my core. I, I'm, I'm, I'm here to serve other people. That is what I believe to be my superhuman power is that I, I know that and I believe it. I also absolutely love human engagement. I yeah. love the connectivity between two human beings or four or six or 4,000. Yeah. I think that the energy that's created from human beings connecting is like nothing else. And so if I can create business, brand, family, to, to expose me more to that experience, mm -hmm. that, that energy, I am fulfilling my why. I love serving others. I love making people happy. I mean, I didn't, I didn't just land in the restaurant business. I believe I was put there. And I, I got my first job in a restaurant when I was 12. I knew that I had arrived then. Mm -hmm. I never, I have not, you know, up until the pandemic, from 12 to 39, I'd always had a job in a restaurant. There'd never been a single moment where I wasn't working in one, yeah. whether I, I owned it or not. I'd oh, I've always worked in a restaurant. Yeah. And I can't help myself, even as an owner of restaurants for 12 years, if I'm inside the restaurant, mm -hmm. 
most people look at me, I mean, unless they know who I am, they don't think I'm the owner of the restaurant. They look at this, they're like, who's this kid? <laughs> you know, because I'm, I'm, I've I'm, I got my sleeve rolled up. I got yeah. tattoos. I'm running around the restaurant. I'm in t-shirt and jeans. I got my hat backwards. Like I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm just trying to make you happy. Period. Done. And so if that means that you've got a pile of plates on your table and the busboy isn't able to get there, I am busing tables. I'm running food. I'm making drinks. I'm greeting guests. I'm doing all those things that genuinely are obviously great for the restaurant, but ultimately make me happy and feel fulfilled. And so now I'm able to do that with a new business that I'm creating to, to many more people because I'm an experiential entrepreneur and a creative entrepreneur, but but my businesses to date have been all an experience, all in, you know, in person. Um, and I love that because that allows me to tell the story of the business easily, yeah. right? The business of business is storytelling, right? Like if you can't tell the story by somebody experiencing what you're selling, you, you kind of failed. Mm -hmm. People love hearing stories. Like human beings since the beginning of time have sat around a fire pit, mm -hmm. like dying to hear the story. And there's not, you know, and, and, I, and I sort of explain like the entrepreneur, right? The real entrepreneur is the real storyteller. There's always like in a tribe of people, there's like a small handful that are always the ones that are telling the story. Yes. The majority of the people are listening, you know? And if you're a storyteller and you're good at it, man, like the sky's the limit, you know? I don't think that it's for everyone. But um, I'm off on a little tangent here. No, I love it. I love <laughs> it. We love the tangents because they spark like where the conversation is meant to go. And even with the storytelling and having it's almost like the belief is so big, too, because someone listening can be like, I got the stories, but like I don't they maybe don't have that inner belief system. And I really want to tap into we're going to get into habits, but there's this the mindset your mindset is like so unshakable and especially with the whole element of failing like fa failure doesn't even cross your mind and even there's a quote i saw you you said it it was like fail often fail fast learn from your mistakes where do you think this like unshakable mindset comes like where failure isn't even an option like it you just it doesn't even spike you i feel like a lot of people let that like that fear stop them from even going after starting the business venture or anything. It could even be something small. They're just scared of failing. Courage is a, is a really powerful emotion. Mm -hmm. Courage, most people think, doesn't involve fear. Courage is absolutely a huge part or a huge part of courage is fear. Yeah. The difference between living in fear and living with fear. In fear, stagnant, non-productive, depressed, mm. non-motivated. Living with fear, courage, motivated. Like there's a big difference, right? Like totally. we yeah. all live. Fear is, is, whether it's real or not, whether it's a fabrication of our yeah. mind or not, it is existing in all of our lives. Mm -hmm. It just is. You have a choice every single morning when you wake up. And this is the mentality and the mindset for me. Anything that happens only happens now. Period. 
If you don't pay attention to it, it's gone and will never happen again. You have an op opportunity every single morning you wake up to take the day by the reins and go. Doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter how bad a situation you're in. You can make decisions, small little decisions stacked up from the moment you open your eyes that are winning decisions that will put you in a better position to get through the day because all it is is a day. I mean, that's my experience. Yeah. We have a single day to live. One chunk for most people, 16 to 18 hours of awake time yeah. where you get to win and you get to crush. And I say that a lot of other people will say something like where you don't want to lose or where you got to be cautious, you know, cautiously optimistic. For me, I don't buy that. I say I have 16 to 18 hours to win every single day. And it's not like it's all about the win. It's not like, oh, I need to win. It's, it's all about like I can control very, 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 very few things, right? Like I can't control how you, what you think. I can't control what you do. I can't control when my mother calls me crying. I can't control the beeping in the hallway. I can't control the gloomy sky. I can't control much of anything outside of my decision on how I'm going to respond to what life throws at me. That's the only thing I can control. And so when I wake up in the morning, I can allow anxiety and stress and um, the feeling of overwhelm to, to completely infiltrate from the second I get up. And so many people do. They just wake up and that anxiety is like, whoosh, and then they take the bait and they start telling themselves, oh God, the stress, the anxiety, what am I going to do? Yeah. I just want to roll over and go back to bed. Or you can do what I do, which is I take my eye mask off. I open up my eyes. I look up at the ceiling. I think about my wife and kids sitting at the breakfast nook. And I smile from ear to ear for 15 seconds. Big shit eating grin every single morning. And I feel the positivity and optimism wash over my body. And that's how I start my day every day. And I've got a long list of things that I do after that. Yeah. But like the mindset for me is... I have the, cho the choice of whether I want to win or I want to fail today. And it's not that I'm afraid of failing. It's that I want to win. I want to fucking win. And it's not like, again, like I don't think that it should, I, I'm not trying to say that like I, I need to win or else. It's that I know I have the choice to win. Yeah, and that, and that choice is like where all the power lies. And a lot of people just like give away that power every single day. And you don't even let yourself like see your potential if you if you let yourself lose and I would love to hear um the morning routine the infamous morning routine because you hyped it up and I'm sure everyone listening even like what you just said it's just like holy shit like I'm gonna I feel like I'm gonna re-listen to back tap that and re-listen to that as well because it's just like whenever you need that we all need to hear it and it's so true whenever you're in that sort of we all are human. Like sometimes life can happen to us. And if you don't cultivate that mindset of like not um, reacting, but responding to it with the uplifting ways that we know how to cope with things, then you can actually fall down the rabbit hole. And I feel like you have your structure locked in, like your routine so solid that like that 
doesn't even entertain. Like, well, you know, I mean, it's good that you bring that up because there are times like last night, right? Mm-hmm. I'm down in the city. My wife and kids are upstate. This is a new thing for me where I'm coming down here for a few days a week to focus on work. And I invited a few friends over for a barbecue last night. Now, I'm typically in bed by 9, 30, 10 o'clock every night. It's just part of my shtick. You know, yeah. like that's I, I like going to bed early and I like waking up early. Yeah. However, I had friends over and they didn't leave until 11 and we smoked cigars and it was a fucking awesome. T- Can I curse on this? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It was a fucking awesome time. And I didn't get to bed till 1130, which is honestly late for me. I live a life of wellness. Like, I want to be like, boom, on fire. No, I woke up with a 16 score. It was the lowest I've ever had in my life. And I'm feeling it now. But the cool thing about having a great morning routine and a great, I mean, I have a morning, an evening, and a a pre-bed routine. I love that. The thing for me is that because I'm so structured, I get an enormous amount of freedom, right? Because I'm so structured. On my hand, discipline oh, equals no freedom. Way. Yeah. So, yeah. So for me, because I'm so structured in how I think about my day, when I have a night like that, you know, I'm totally cool with it. Even though, like, I wish I would have gone to bed earlier because I didn't wake up late. You know, I still woke up at five fifteen yeah. this morning. You know, I think when you when you live this like a, a, a life of wellness or when you live this journey where you are trying to be your best version mm-hmm. every day, it's okay when you fuck up, right? Like I eat really clean, but I know tonight, last night I had steak and, and, uh, and, you know, like, and, and I mean, we, we ate a lot last night and tonight I'm going out for dinner with friends. I know that I'm going to be, I'm going to, going to eat, you know? So a lot of people feel like, you can't ever like get outside the line. Oh no! So, especially someone like yourself, like it's so nice to hear it because we feel like shit. Especially with social media, when we see everyone like doing, every everyone's only showing when they want to want to show. Mm-hmm. Did you show your your night last night? I didn't actually. I should have, but I didn't. Well, <laughs> humanize it. But I know I love that you're saying this because it's so true. But then I also feel like because you're so strong with your routine like that night yes maybe the loop score is a little off but it's not going to throw you off no and 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 i and i also look i've competed in you know bodybuilding competitions mm-hmm. right which is probably you know the most intense mental physical and actually spiritual experience one okay. could go through because you go you train extremely hard you not only lift like you're not you're lifting intensely, but you're also doing an enormous amount of cardio when you're in a prep in a contest prep. You're in a deficit. <laughs> and then you're in a severe deficit. Yeah. So you're down in the you know three to five percent body fat arena. And I'm here to tell you that I cheat even then. I just do. And I don't I know that. If I'm, I can't live my, I'm, I'm an extreme dude, but I can't live my life without the ability to veer off every now and again. I just can't, I can't do it. I, I think that that would be lame. I think that that would be, you know, what's like the point of like, like being my best version is not, not being able to treat myself every now and again. You know what I mean? Like, I love that. That's just, a quotable right there. Yeah. I think it's important. I think that, you know, really like, 
if you want to actually be the best version of yourself, which sounds kind of corny and cliche, but the truth is, is that that is what I strive for every day. I know that I have to be able to also enjoy. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I like, you know, and so I, uh, yeah, I, I totally believe in, you know, even my coach who he he's, you know, when I was leading up to, you know, we had a competition. We, we were, we were deep in a prep in March yeah. in the beginning of the pandemic. And so I had a show in May and I had been, I had been three and a half months into this contest prep where I was just depleted, you know? Yeah. And we said, well, chances are we're not going to get to compete. And my mindset was like, no, 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 we're going to compete. I'm already <laughs> deep. Like I'm, I'm sitting at like 5% body fat already. I'm like, we're competing. And we, yeah. and we took it another three or four weeks and it was just like, no way. There's no way we're competing. So we, we tried to get a show in October and that following October, couldn't get a show in October. Did you stay super lean this whole time? So I, I went, you know, I sort of like came back up. So it was May, June, July, August, September. No, so it was May. And then, I, then we were trying to get a show in July um, because we were thinking that it was going to, ha- something was going to loosen up. That's what they yeah. And then I couldn't get a show in July. So we were like, okay, let's, let's eat a little bit and you know, we'll, we'll keep it at arm's length. Just coast. And then I found a show in September that was going to happen. Um, and my coach said, you're going to win the show. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, there's I, like win the show. Like I, 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 I like I go to compete, no doubt. But he did something for me because when you like running marathons, you don't go to win. You know what I mean? Like unless you're like a real deal, like a sub, you know, two hour, 45 minute marathon. Like I'm not going to win the marathon, but I'm going to compete and enjoy myself and try to beat my time. Yeah, exactly. He did something for me by telling me, Mike, you're going to win the show. And I was like, okay, great. Like let's go to win, you know, let's, 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 let's train to win. And, um, and we trained really hard and we won and I was like, and I won both categories that I competed in. And, um, that shifted something for me where I was like, mind is powerful, right? Like our, the mind is powerful as shit, (laughs) And when he said, Mike, we're going to win, I was like, okay, we're going to win. Um, and, I, and, and, and so I think the only person standing in the way of you and your goals slash dreams is you. That's what I learned in that experience where I did not ever think about going into this bodybuilding show thinking that I was going to go win. I was like, I'm going to go compete and I'm going to give it my all. And then when he said, no, 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 churn out, you're going to fucking win. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to win. And then I was like, wow, something shifted. And so I think that mindset of when I say win in the morning, I mean, like, if you can own your morning, mm-hmm. you can own your day. And if you own your day 
you're on your life. Oh, 100%. Have you read the book, Aubrey Marcus? Aubrey Marcus, yeah. Love that book. Like, mm-hmm. the title, it's so, it's so, but it's so true. And, like, my biggest thing, even with this podcast, it's, like, it's it's about, like, doing you and, like, figuring out what what morning routine, what non-negotiables is going to serve and adopt you so you can actually own your day. And it doesn't have to be, like, the five, the miracle morning. It can be, like, your routine, whatever that looks like. And it's, like, the whole goal is, like, taking, like, what you're saying and taking parts of what you do and what someone else does and adding it to your toolkit so you can literally own the day for your own life. And um, I know you have a lot of routines and, like, a lot of things, but could you give, like, maybe your, like, top five non-negotiables that are a part of your day? You can yeah. do all from the same or you can – Well, I'll just I'll give you my morning routine because it's the one that I'm most passionate about because I think it's the most important. Um, I wake up at 515 every single morning. I don't have an alarm clock, but I just somehow tend to open up my eyes at like 513 every single day. Um, I take my eye mask as soon as I know I'm awake. Mm -hmm. uh, I take my eye mask off. I open my eyes and I smile for 15 seconds and I count to 15 seconds and it's and I'm and I'm literally smiling as hard as I can to really release the serotonin into my body um, yeah. so that I almost get a, a chuckle out of myself. So if I can get like an out loud laugh first thing in the morning, massive win, just major massive win, right? Like one thing, smile, two thing, laugh. Wow. Like you start your day like that. We don't laugh enough. So for me, we don't smile enough and we don't laugh a lot. Even, even, even if it's not, even if it's like sometimes a little disingenuine, right? Yeah. So I do the smile first thing in the morning. I go into the bathroom. I put on my contacts. I take a piss. I weigh myself because I'm in the bodybuilding game. Um, And uh, I splash water, cold water on my face. I get down on my hands and knees. I pray. I've got a higher power that I connect with every single morning. I say the same prayer. I do 50 push-ups, 50 crunches. I get up. I quietly walk past my wife while she's still sleeping. I go downstairs. I make myself a cup of coffee. I open up my journal. I journal for a little bit. I sit for 10 minutes in meditation. Um, and that's at about that's about 5.45, 6 at that point. Um, and then I go right into the gym. I have a gym in my garage. Um, when I'm here in the city, I go to the gym out here. And I train. Um, and I train for about an hour and a half, sometimes two hours. And then I come back. I make my first meal of the day, which is a blend of oats and protein and supplements um, that I eat every single day. It's the first thing I put into my body and it's the best thing I put into my body. It's like the meal that I look forward to. Yeah. I'm building a business around it. Um, and, uh, and, and, and then I get on my, my day. And so that's sort of like my non-negotiable, unshakable, you know, and, and obviously, you know, at, at a certain point when I'm at home, my kids wake up at around 6, 6.15. Yeah. And so when I'm in the gym, I always make sure to come out, give my kids a kiss and a hug and hug my wife and tell her I love her. You know, like I, I, my family's a huge part of my life. Um, and so that, that's my morning routine that um, I, don't, I don't fuck with. One thing that I don't do enough of that I would like to add to that routine, which I just haven't done, is try to get in 15 minutes of reading every morning. But it'll come, you know, I'm putting it out there and and I've been putting it out there just like, hey, Mike, you got to get into the got to get into the habit of reading a little bit. Part of my night routine is I listen to Audible before as I go to sleep. And so that's always how I fall asleep listening to any book that you're reading right now or any book that you've read that's like 
change the game? Yeah, I mean, you know, I just finished up um, 5 a.m. Club. I think it's called the 5 a.m. Club. Robert Sherma. Uh, hold on a second. I'm spacing the name. Um, it is called... Should be the 5 a.m. Club. I think it's 5 a.m. Club. Um, yeah, 5 a.m. Club. Uh, really, really great book that I just finished reading. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that book. Um, I mean, I the, the two books that I read before that were Jocko Willing's books, Extreme Ownership yeah. and Dichotomy of Leadership. I love those books. Um, I always, it's funny that you said Mike Matthews. So I, I always sort of like, if I just want to touch up on some nutritional fitness stuff, like I'll go back to Beyond Bigger, Leaner, Stronger or Bigger, Leaner, Stronger. And I'll read some of, I'll listen to some of that stuff. Um, I don't, I full transparency. I don't sit down and read much. I, I tend to listen to all I of I feel my. like I absorb more listening too, and I feel it's easier. And I think that it's a domino effect, right? Like your morning routine is so solid and you're going to now, it's going to happen. You're going to add in like another 10, 15 pages of reading, but it's like such a domino because I feel like anyone listening, whether you, when you were 22, can you even imagine if you had this like routine or cultivating no. some sort of routine at that age? So it's, it's so awesome to hear that because it truly just like the odds just stack up in your favor. Right? I will also say that there's one other thing that I don't get to do much of anymore um, because I'm up before everybody. Yeah. But making your bed is mm-hmm. a really big one. I, if I'm staying at a hotel, if I'm not with my wife and kids, like, and I'm, 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 I'm down here in the city or whatever. The first thing I do when I get out of bed, if nobody's in it is I make it even if I'm in a hotel, like anywhere I, yeah. I, I like, if I'm staying at a front, like the, the, the being able to just, it takes two seconds, you yeah. know, you feel, you feel complete making a bed you know, I, I don't remember who I, Mel Robbins, maybe I think, um, do you know Mel Robbins? Yeah. yeah. Someone said that and it was just like, gra- I remember when that like statement came out, just like make your bed in the morning. It's like one thing you feel like the psychological effect of like completing a task. Well, she didn't, I didn't, I didn't get to make my bed, make her bed thing from her. I got from her. She, she has this philosophy where I think it's, if it's, if it takes less than five minutes, you must do it. If it's a, if it's a task that ultimately will make you feel better and it takes less than five minutes, non-negotiable, you do it. So, Sometimes, you know, for me, sometimes it's like, I'll, I'll try to, sh- I'll, I'm like the master of, <laughs> I'm the master of bringing groceries into my house, <laughs> but I need, I need to carry all of them in one go. I, I can't. Like I, you're competitor in you. I, you're competitor about everything. I'm opening up the hood of my, the trunk of my car and it's just like, I got nine bags and I'm like, all right, dude, let's do this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I got like, like. And I'm literally struggling to get. There's two types of people in this world. There's like that. There's well, it's but but she. That philosophy of like, hey man, you know, like the chances are that it would be faster for you to take two at a time, not have to be able, not have to put them down to open up the door and then pick them all back again. Totally. Like take two at a time, open the door, bring them in, go back, grab another two, like, so. That's an example of like this sort of five minutes or less non-negotiable mm. thing. I think it's so like five minutes or less. Everybody leaves your house. You have some friends over. They've been sitting on your couch. Your couch pillows are all puffed out and look all funky, right? Like 
you don't want to wake up to that in the morning. Like it's nice to be able to come and like walk into your living room and you're, and you're, you know, the, 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 the pillows aren't everywhere and they're not all scrunched down. So it takes about 30 seconds to just like puff the pillows up a little bit and put them back into place, right? Like the blanket that you were using to watch Netflix, you know, at night before you went to bed, you know, like pick up the blanket and fold it. Because when you yeah. come up, when you wake up in the morning and you see that folded blanket there, it's going to feel better than a blanket that's like unfolded and like sitting on the floor. Things like that, that are just so simple. You know, like I've got another habit that is at this point it's second nature for me but i leave it the way i want to find it everything i just in the gym every weight goes back in place Mm -hmm. in my office it's like perfect and brand new every single more every single when i leave the office it looks like a showroom because yeah no i I love you're just like so much of the quote like how you do one thing is how you do everything i feel like that's like you and like everything, and how you apply that to your life, which is like, I has such a profound effect on every area, right? When you treat it like that, like you don't treat like the little things of like, oh, just let it like get that later. Like you don't play it half-ass in any area. I I I am I don't think that I walk through the world like constantly thinking about optimization. Yeah. But I know being a business owner and a dad and and a husband and a friend and like, uh, you know, I have to be optimized. I have to be efficient. I I don't have a choice. And so I've built these systems into my like repertoire that are second nature. And, and because of them, I have an enormous amount of joy and freedom. I just do. I've got so much time. You know, I was saying to somebody the other day, when you think about like football, and if you don't know anything about football and you're just watching a football game, it just looks like the quarterback says hike and all these guys just smash into each other and run, right? The truth is, it's absolutely, it could not be more structured. Every single one of those players knows exactly where they're supposed to go. And that quarterback can close his eyes and throw the ball and connect with the person he's trying to throw it to because they've done it so many times because it's super structured. So I think about my life every day as, you know, like setting up the line of scrimmage and like, cause I know that once I say hike, even though I'm, I'm structured, all hell can break loose. So let me have a couple of different setups so that when something happens over there, I got plan B over here because I got freedom, you know. 100%. And I feel like especially with like what I want to go into next, which is fitness, health, wellness, like you, your brand, like what you're creating and everything you live by, I think that especially, I think health is wealth. And like as an entrepreneur, like I know some people listening are in the health industry and the wellness industry, but then some people aren't. And I always, and I love that you emphasize this so much. And even with like your businesses, it makes people who maybe don't think like they can achieve that body type or they can achieve that like certain level in their health. It makes it achievable or almost like attainable for everyone. Cause I think that health wellness should be such a focus in everyone's life because of the role it has. And I know that you are like the god of this. So could you share um, a little bit, maybe even just like how health and wellness has truly trans- transformed your life? 
and like sure. the impact it has. Because I know it's played like such a profound effect. Yes, like in the way we look, but on the way we feel and like how that plays a role in every area. Health and wellness saved my life. Mm-hmm. Straight up. <laughs> like actually, I was walking a lot. I was walking a, a, a very, very, very narrow road of, uh, you know, on the cliff of death with yeah. the stuff that I was doing. And I got introduced to the exact opposite side of the tracks and it saved me. Um, I put it before everything. I put it before my family. I put it before everything. And that doesn't mean I sacrifice time with my family. Yeah. I wake up way before them to do it. <laughs> You know, um, you know the value you get out of oh, it. Oh, I mean, so I am just a better husband. Yeah. I'm a better father. I'm a better business partner. I'm a better business owner. I'm a better employer. I'm a better friend. I'm a better son when I am well inside. When I take care of myself and I feel that I am, I've, I've, and and, and I honestly, anybody who's contemplating getting into fitness specifically, like, I highly suggest doing it first thing in the morning. Like the first thing you do so that when I was talking about stacking those wins, like it's a humongous win. Mm -hmm. Everything feels good for the rest of the day. It just does. When it's done and you know that you, you, you went out there and like put your, put yourself out there hard. Everything else for the rest of the day is like, you can be present. And it just continues to grow from there. Like I know, Someone listening is probably like, well, Mike, you do shows, but I'm sure like it didn't start from that, right? No Everyone's journey evolves. I know with myself, like I remember when I started weight training, I never thought I would be doing like fitness competitions later in my journey. It just keeps evolving. And one of the things I love that you said on your podcast was walking. Because people underestimate walking with everything you preach on the podcast. Like you have those like short episodes, which I think if you're listening, you've got to check those those episodes out. But it's just starting so small because it truly, like, it just adds up. Imagine if someone just walked 10,000 steps a day. They, Game changer. Then maybe it'll turn into a run. Or maybe it'll turn into, like, run into the gym or walk into the gym. It could just keep going. Like, you just stack the odds in your favor. What would be your best tips for making this, like, a more sustainable approach? Like, even with, with food. Because I know that's been such a huge, like, emphasis on, like, how you feel your body. So, for me, when people ask me how to start thinking about changing the way they eat. I start very, very small. Mm-hmm. I, I, I essentially like pick off one meal at a time. And so I say, let's start with the first meal of the day. Let's just commit to the first food that you put into your body every single day is going to be healthy, delicious, and nutritious. Let's just start there. Don't even think about snacks or lunch or dinner or your late nights. Yeah. Let's just let's just crush the breakfast. Let's just crush the first meal of the day. And if you're intermittent fasting, your first meal of the day. Let's get let's just make sure that that first meal is a winner meal. And let's just start there. And so for anybody who's listening, if you want to change the way you eat, remember we have one day to live. One day. That's all we get. Thousands of them in a row. But we get one day to live. You cannot live tomorrow. And you certainly can't live yesterday. You have one day right now. So start with the first meal. If you put positive, awesome, like nutritious shit into your body as the first meal of the day, your chances of making great decisions nutritionally throughout the rest of your day are far greater. If you start with a donut or a croissant. Or a fucking blueberry muffin that's a 1,500 calories. Yeah. Your chances 
of throwing in the towel for lunch and having a burger and fries, far greater. Yeah, even with the training, I know, like, I've heard this so many times, people are like, I remember my, my mom, she's probably listening, she's like, I, I went to the gym, I'm going to eat a salad for lunch, like, whatever it is, but you just, like, you do one healthy habit, and then it inspires you for the rest of the day. Um, could you share the new business? And, like, because I know your huge focus is, like, this new company that you're, and it's in the health and wellness, and I know it's, like, t- everyone's probably, like, dying to hear more about it, and it probably ties, like, into everything you've created previously in your Rolodex, and I feel like, yeah, we just love to tap in more onto that. Sure. So, I mean, I do like, I agree. Like, the, you know, my career has led me to this moment. Uh, mm. And I'm, I'm on the precipice of launching a new business called Creatures of Habit. Obviously, this conversation has been loosely or not loosely, actually very like consistent um, in, in, in me talking about habits and how they yeah. made me. So I'm taking a step out of the restaurant industry and I'm launching a business in digital wellness, CPG. Um, I'm creating a, a, a product called the Protagonist, which is Any my stuff? well. It's my it's my first meal of the day. It's my morning oats, yeah. and it's an instant oatmeal that is packed with 30 grams of plant based protein, 6,000 IU's of vitamin D3, omega three fatty acids, pink Himalayan salt, flax, chia, and amazingness. <laughs> uh, and 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 it's what I've been eating every single day for you know, years. Um, it's the first meal I put into my body and it's called the protagonist because it's protein and oats. So protagonist, oh, you love that. That's so great. <laughs> I, I came up with it on a run. Um, ask that. you know, uh, and I know, first of all, it's delicious, right? So oatmeal is no, is nothing new, you know? Um, but I wanted to create a product that I can help change people's lives with. I love being able to tell people stories in my restaurants. Mm -hmm. The only problem with having restaurants is that you got to be in the city to go there. I can't tell you the story of Seymour's or the meatball shop in Chicago unless I fly you here. Yeah. You know, so the, the ability for me to be able to create a product that I know I've been putting into my body, um, every day for, for years and years, and I'm in the best shape of my life. I have it every single day. I look forward to it. It's satiating. It gets me the vitamins and minerals and macros, perfect macro split for me to kick off my day. If I can get that in front of people that are eating less nutritious things in the morning and give them the chance to say, okay, well, I'm D3 deficient, like everybody else on the planet. If I eat this, I will no longer be D3 deficient. I don't get omega-3s because I don't like fish or I'm vegan. Well, this product happens to be plant-based and allergen-free. So I get you the omega-3s that you probably need. There's a lot of things that I thought through when I was doing this. It was like, not only is it awesome, delicious, convenient, it's made in under three minutes, but it's like, it sounds salesy, but it's, it's actually, the, it's, it's so authentic to me. And so that's the, that's the, the business is called of Habits. So that's the first product we're launching with. I'm also, I've also designed a really awesome line of apparel with it. No. Yeah, so the apparel line is is going to be sort of like the lifestyle component of the brand. Yeah. A really cool capsule collection. Everything, you know, cut and sew from top to bottom. We've designed everything. And um, I'm doing it with Gary Vaynerchuk and, again, you know, Dave Meltzer's involved and Dan Fleischman and Dean Graziazzi and um, a bunch of great inspirational people that I'm super honored to have on the team. I think this is the one for me. When I, does it launch? 
in August. Damn. Yeah. That's incredible. I it's truly like everything we've talked about from the beginning too, with like your first answer on like what makes a a brand like iconic and make it scale and evolve its authenticity. And then even with the whole restaurant business and why people come back, it's like the community, the storytelling. And it seems like everything you've been through in your journey and like all the success, like they're leading to this next venture, which is just beyond incredible because it clearly, you can't make it up. It's just like everything you've been preaching, you put it into this new venture and I'm so excited to see it come to life. It's incredible. Thanks. I'm really excited too. It'll, you know, and this is the first product. What we're gonna have more over time. It's gonna keep evolving. Clearly, you already have like. I'm sure. Do you have any ideas that you wanna that you guys have in the pipeline coming that you'd be able to share? Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm keeping that one close. Um, but you know, yeah. I mean, look. I think. I think. Uh, you know, my plan and my goal is to really give people a toolbox that they can rely on. Stack the odds in there. Yeah, just say, you know, if I can if I can fill people's pantries with really awesome things that they're going to be excited to eat, but also excited to understand the benefits of and not, you know, people's relationship with food is really challenging, right? Like, totally. it just is when I got when I got sober, I had a full fledged, full blown eating disorder. I didn't know what I was doing. I, you know, I just I had a full on eating disorder. And my relationship to food was so um, dysfunctional and so many people struggle with relationship to food and so a lot of people that have that problem which is a lot of people men and women it's not just a, a female thing yeah. you know men have it I'm telling you like I had a severe eating disorder that I just like I was it's like my relationship was terrible with food and until those guys sort of showed me what to do and then like walked me off the ledge and but people with that problem really want to just be told what to eat Mm -hmm. especially if it's like this is not going to make you fat and this is going to be good for you and it's also going to be delicious i want to be able to be part of that conversation because mental health is a real thing i've struggled with it and still do at times you know especially now the pandemic you know it's just Mm -hmm. there's so much going on like it's a conversation that I, I, again, I said my why is I'm here to serve, right? And so this brand is going to give me an opportunity to share the shit that I've <clears throat> put together over the years with hopefully a ton of people. Mm, I love it. I think that it's truly just going to scale and evolve from there too. Just with your pure why about it, there's just no other question where it's going to go. And the mission is so abundant and pure. And I just want to thank you and honor you for your time and Oh my gosh, all the value and wisdom shared and all the value that you continue to share. And I would love for you to give the audience, I'll have everything linked below, but the best ways to connect with you, consume all your content, stay up to date with all your ventures, all your past ventures. Um, Where's the best place? You can just follow me at Michael Chernow, pretty much everywhere. Um, And then if you want, you can go and check out Creatures of Habit and that's Creatures with a K. So it's K-R-E-A-T. And then I'll have the podcast as well. Born or made. Guys, you're going to love that one. (laughs) (laughs) And you can go check out the restaurants at at Meatballers, which is uh, the meatball shop in New York. And at Seymour's, S-E-A-M-O-R-E-S as well. Beautiful. And you guys heard it here. If you guys love the episode, you know what to do. And we will see you guys in the next one. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And if you guys made it to the end, it would mean the world to me if you can share this with a friend or submit a rating review on iTunes and let us know your thoughts. I love hearing from you guys. Moreover, if you guys are on the gram, which I know you are, follow at Coffee and a Good Vibe on Instagram. Share the love on there. It definitely helps this podcast reach more people and we couldn't do it without you. I'm sending you so much love wherever you're at and I will see you guys in the next one. Come